Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. We're glad you're here. I'm Kevin McDonald, your host for this grand adventure, and I thank you for joining us. You see, our mission is to create a positive, personal connection to all things with courage and love. We invite terrific guests, interesting topics, and great conversation, all in a fun, entertaining way. And we always manage to learn something, too. So I hope you will stay right where you are for this episode of Positive Talk Radio. And welcome, everybody, to Positive Talk Radio. I hope everybody is well today. It's... um, December now. It's cold. It's not as cold in some places as others, as we were talking about. But uh, today we are stuck between Thanksgiving and New Year's. So I was thinking that it would be good to have somebody talk to us about what we're going to do after we put on the eight pounds or so that statistically you put on between Thanksgiving and New Year's. And uh, his name is uh, Adrian Siha. Right? Say hi. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he is a fitness coach. He is an awareness coach and he and nutrition coach. And he helps people get back to where they belong. If you look at him, you say, well, of course, he's all that fit and stuff. So he should be, you know, uh, in in that line of work. But uh, I, so welcome. Welcome, Adrian, to the, to the show. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. So so timely, right, to have uh, this type of coach on your show, right? right at, in between this, at this time of year, you know, not only do we have the COVID ten or the COVID twelve or the COVID fifty, or and we've also got uh, now that we're kind of breaking out of that a little bit, and everybody's trying to get back together again. We're full of yeah. pumpkin pie and turkey and stuffing and and then Christmas and then. New Year's, and then and then at, at one point in New Year's, we say to ourselves, "I have to do some um, um, New Year's uh, uh, resolutions," <laughs> and then of course those last for a couple of weeks, and so that's why I wanted to talk to you is because uh, fitness is a year-round thing. Let's talk about you first of all. You haven't done this your entire life. What's your background? How did you get into it? Yeah, man. I mean, every time I get asked that question, you know it. It sort of always takes me back to when I was 10 years old, my, my um, or excuse me, no, when I was in high school, my grandma, she passed away from diabetes complications and all kinds of other things, how that can kind of <clears throat> just kind of impact your health and stuff. And so I realized down the line eventually how when I was getting into exercise and nutrition, I realized, well, wait a minute, that's something that could have been prevented or maybe even uh, reversed a little bit and such. And so I started to really dig a little bit deeper and started to realize you know, these lifestyle diseases are are really coming on based off of our lifestyle habits, our choices, and, and how we eat and such and things like that. And so uh, that was really a big stepping stone, I think, for me. Um, of course, I was in high school, and then, of course, I went down the the educational route and stuff and really started to, to feel this compelled and this con- – this compelled conviction to really help people take their life back um, and and to educate people on this because I was so sold out. I was like, people people need to know this stuff. People need to know that, um, hey, uh, we can be uh, in great health with just a little bit of knowledge, but then, of course, applying it at the same time. 
you just said the magic word applying you you know a lot of us have got an idea of, of what good health looks like right. some right. of us have actually even had it in the past um but it's it's hard to make that change and and to and to make it permanently and and you know you when you said your grandmother who had diabetes and and um ended up passing away and I can understand why that would would motivate you because, as you know, type two diabetes is by and large a very preventable disease. Mm-hmm. Oh and yeah! If you can if you can work with nutrition and diet and exercise, and eating the right things and and stuff, there's also a motivational factor there that needs to that needs to come into play. Yeah. I know you're working with it all, so. Uh, congratulations on that. Now you're you're a young man. You can't be uh, un- un- unless you <laughs> unless you tell me like you're 64 or something like that. I'm gonna say you're you know you're you're what late 20s, early 20 minutes for minutes. I don't know. I'm 32 actually. Oh, very 32. nice. And you know what's funny is that when I was in my 20s, I thought, man, I'm so late in the game. But now that I'm 32, I'm like, you know what? I was like, I'm actually you know, exact, I am, I believe where I'm supposed to be right now. Um, I would say before, I'm not where I once was, but I'm also not yet where I want to be. And so, um, yes, I did get started early, but then I didn't realize that it was early. I was just really passionate about it and just wanting to get it out um, and, and just wanting to share it. Um, I'll share this part too, just really quickly. When I was 10 years old, I was in a car accident and I was uh, impacted by a car accident because I ended up flying out of the seat and hitting and cracking the windshield. Uh-huh. Um, we think later on down the line that it had infe- that it had impacted, there was some kind of like brain impactment, I guess. And so, because I ended up coming down with a speech impediment. And so that was the thing that we thought, oh, it's just a little kid thing, you know, it'll go away, but it never did. And in fact, when I spoke to a speech pathologist, she said that that's one of the ways that people come down with the stutters is by impact to the head. And so when I would speak on fitness and nutrition and things that I loved, um, I would have people's attention. But before I was, I was insecure to even speak on certain things because I would stutter. And so people didn't really have the patience to listen to me other than when it came down to this. So I truly feel like fitness and nutrition, all this stuff has been, um, healing for me in that sense. It's been able to sort of like, like put what I'm passionate about at the forefront as opposed to the insecurity at the forefront and being concerned or worried that um, I would stutter or whatever it is. And so it makes no sense that I would um, speak today or that I would coach today and stuff, you know? So it's been, it's been a crazy journey as we were mentioning. Uh, just well, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you, uh, you do not, I could, I could never have guessed that, that at one time that you had trouble speaking. How did you cure yourself? I think it was just the combination of, of a lot of, you know, personal self-talk, <laughs> a lot of uh, my own faith, a lot of just, uh, yeah, self-talk and really trying to um, see myself in the form of what I'm supposed to be doing. I think... Uh, I forgot who said this, but somebody said like a lot of times when you focus on just on your on your faults or the things that you can't do, so to speak, um, then it kind of just puts more attention on those things. I really started to focus 
outwardly and started to focus, okay, focus on the people that you're serving, focus on the message, focus on the mission. And so you start to focus less on yourself and less on the things that you feel insecure about. At the end of the day, it uh, doesn't matter what, who you are, it matters what you can say and what you, how you can help other people. And, yeah. and so when you're, when you're focused on that, I can see that, that the information that you have is so important for you to get out that you can get rid of the, 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 uh, um, the stuttering or the, or the, uh, the vocal stuff that was going on. Was it now you had a, obviously when you hit the windshield, you had a concussion at 10. You must've. I don't, we don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, next thing, uh, maybe uh, next thing I remember is I was on um, the curb and there were like um, paramedics around me and stuff. And they're asking my mom, like, Hey, should we take him into the hospital? And it's funny. Cause I joke, like, my mother, she's a great mother, but for, for some reason I'd have my seatbelts on, right? But so there were paramedics around me and stuff. And, and for some reason we said, no, I'll be fine because I felt okay, you know, but there was an internal thing that we believe there was some damage and, you know. Well, that's something that was, you always, you always got to be careful because concussions can be a hidden thing. Uh, and because if, if you're still... Uh, walking around and and stuff but you were clearly knocked out for a period of time i think so <laughs> yeah you know but congratulations i'm glad i'm glad you're back by the way you're i could be your daddy i just thought i'd tell you that because uh, <laughs> you're at 32 years of age you've got so much more to give so much more of life to offer and congratulations on the things that you've done let's talk about Thank your work you. what you're doing yeah yeah what are you doing? What am I doing these days? Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, you said in regards to my work, you said? Yeah, what's, what are you doing to, to, to help people? I know you're a fitness coach yes. and you're a yes. nutritional coach and yeah. you're starting an online business and you're doing all kinds of stuff. What is your goal for yourself? Yeah, so I operate um, a fitness and nutrition coaching company of one-on-one -on -one and online. And um, uh, one of the things I see down the line as, you know, over the years that I've been really noticing and really seeing and recognizing how much fitness and nutrition goes down to mindset. And it comes down to our day-to-day -day habits and our lifestyle. It's not just this, it's not just this quick hit into the gym, you know, it's not just this quick um, um, setting up a goal and stuff, but it's, it's very culture shocking for a lot of people. And so I think over the years, I've grown really passionate in transformation and, and the process of change and what gets people to change, what gets people from, from A to B, like, what does that process look like? How do you help somebody overcome, you know, insecurities and imposter syndrome? So um, I fall in love with, with transformation at a deeper level, the psychology of it. And so I see myself doing a lot more of that. Um, I guess you can call it life coaching, if you will, um, doing a lot more of that. And I do speak a little bit here and there, but I do see myself doing a lot more of that and, and a lot more um, online programs and also some, some seminar workshop type of um, events as well. There's a whole different um, level of, of coaching <laughs> when you start getting into motivational coaching and understanding why the brain works the way it does, helping people understand their stories that they tell themselves and have told yeah. themselves for like ever and, and how to change those stories 
so that they can get out of their own way to make to make some real positive differences in their life. And that's yeah. that's where I see you going. And I see just the stories that I hear, like every person is unique. Every person has their own story, their own. Um, I used to be like this, you know, but now this is the, the reality of my life today with, you know, I, I've had a family, my career is this, my work life is this and how it's impacted their their day to day life. It's like we pursue so many different things, but we we don't consider the day to day uh, physical toll that our body takes. And this is not even including stress, which is a whole different thing, you know, and then the day to day choices that we make in regards to our food. But we want sustained energy and we want to feel good and, and to live well and stuff. But we're not doing all the things, you know, all the way. Um, the things that we can be doing to improve our day-to-day -day health, to, to see these things come to pass and to see these things move forward. You know, one of the things that I've, I've found in the research that I've done is that eating healthy is hard. It's so much easier to go through the drive-through at McDonald's. I'm yeah. telling you, but, but being able to be eating healthy and even <laughs> understanding what healthy is um, there, there, if you, if you go to the diet section of any library, You'll find books that say no carb, lots of carb, some of this, none of that. Don't do this, have that. And and how do you know where to turn? What what do you how do you how do you go through all of that stuff to find what's right for you? Yeah, that's a great question, uh, and it's a question that I think uh, many people actually wonder about. But I, it really does come down <clears throat> to the individual person. There's no one best diet for all people because there's so many different factors that play a role so many different variables i mean the lifestyle of the person do they want to um increase in weight do they want to lose weight um uh their health history their day-to-day -day life and so there's all kinds of different things so really just come down to to the ultimate person and and we really have to stand guard at at um at where these marketing tactics are really trying to get at um, I don't think all people, but I think the vulnerable people. So the people who just want to believe, believe everything and the people who've tried it all and, oh, oh, this is another quick fix. And then we come across a new fad and a new um, thing that, that trainers can easily debunk, you know? So it really just does remove the, the work aspect or it removes the mindset aspect, no matter what, no matter what any direction you're going in terms of the diet approach that you want to take it's going to take some intentionality and it's going to take some preparation and a little bit of learning and stuff but there are there are still fundamentals though and there's still some foundational things and those foundations are are um are you having your protein are you having your complex carbohydrates and it doesn't necessarily mean just you know you know rice and potatoes and things like that but complex carbs can also come from um, starchy vegetables and fruits and things like that. Are you having your healthy fats? And that can come from different oils and nuts and avocados and things like that. So I think it, we see it very one-dimensional, and I think it's it's a little bit more broader than that. It is. It's it does seem to be <laughs> because it's a uh, um, it's a real science when you get down to it of how how to put it together and how to how to make it so that you can do it on a long-term basis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the interesting thing also is that 
like nutrition is simple. It's really simple. Um, the hard thing about it though is what we're just used to. Some people are used to having a certain, you know, breakfast every morning. Some people are used to that sugary coffee with their Danish or with their croissant in the morning for years. And so all of a sudden you have this trainer say like, hey, we're going to do this, right? And so to them, to them it's like culture shocking and it's, and it's a little bit fearful. So, but those are the kind of things though that people would need to at least uh, face. But here's my strategy as a coach. I've had a client one time. Can I share this really fast? Please, please. I've had a client one time and I mean, she was the typical Starbucks every single morning of a latte, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, seven pumps of the syrup and all that, right? And so, so um, the only reason I'm familiar is because I have to look these things up and I'm like, well, I'm curious, you know, you know, what's the number of calories or the grams in this thing? And it's not easy to find, to be honest. Like, I was going through different blogs and what does this person say? And so I had to bring all the information together, do a calculation, realizing that this drink, you know, was close to 800, 900,000 calories in a drink. It is crazy. Yeah. And so, and so. Well, I understand why time, I can't lose weight. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. Well, at the same time, she says, oh, I don't really get hungry in the morning, though. Of course you don't, because you're having, you know, almost a thousand calories of liquid calories, you know? Which, by the way, does need to get metabolized, and it does provide some 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 kind of like fullness or satiety to where you feel like you don't need food. And so, anyway, with her, she was already fearful that I was going to like take that away from her. And so, I knew what I had to do. I said, "Okay, this is a person who is going to be very challenging, just from go from from here to just this just drastic change." I knew it was not going to happen, so I said, "Hey." You know what? Let's do this. Would you be willing and able? Because when you coach somebody, the psychology of the words and how you phrase things really do matter. And yeah. so I said, would you be willing and able to um, at least reduce the size? And she said, oh, yeah, that's easy. So I said, great. That's progress. That's progress. You're probably cutting back, you know, you know, several hundred calories in that entire week. And then we said, OK, great. <clears throat> And then eventually, do you see yourself maybe going, you know, every other day having this drink? And she said, oh, like, I think so. Yeah. So there was this already this willingness already. So I caught her buy-in a little bit. There was this willingness. And then from there, um, she, she had less of a dependency on this high sugary drink. And this, so she was able to make these changes gradually. And that's the best form of transformation. Changing, change has to be gradual and has to be incremental. And so eventually she was able to totally get off of it. And now she just does like a, like a cold brew with like some almond milk and maybe like a, like a low fat foam or something like that. But it's a drastic change, a drastic change. So just by that, her health was able to turn around drastically. Well, just just in eliminating that particular drink alone for a week is is like what is that seven thousand? That's like that's like sixty five hundred calories or something in a week, uh, which is two pounds all by itself. That yeah, it was it was nuts, and that's not the first person that I've had to sort of you know maneuver this conversation with. <laughs> well, how do you how do you get folks that that like my my son is a is what I call a pizza holic. <laughs> Pizza holic. <laughs> 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 
Uh, he'll have pizza like three or four or five days a week just because it's easy. He likes the bread, he, I, you know, and, and all of that. Uh, how do you get somebody off of that into a more well-rounded uh, 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 diet that makes sense? Yeah, you know, this is where it gets really interesting because um, depending on the person's lifestyle factors and their goals are and things like that, I mean, there has to be some form of education, some form of knowledge into um, that that eating style or what they're having. Uh, what they're having, but there also needs to be some level of desire. So hopefully through the education, through the knowledge, there be there starts to become this desire of wanting to get healthier and wanting to feel better and stuff, you know? So there's a little bit of like motivational factors um, there for them to uh, um, want to feel better and, and, and um, say if there's like an athlete or something and they're having that type of diet, it's like, hey, what if you were able to perform, you know, significantly more than what you're doing now? You know, this is how you do it. Cut back on that pizza, <laughs> you know, and start start to have more of these foods and things like that. So a little bit of the, the desired motivational factors. I have a personal story I'd like to share with you, and, and I'm hoping that you can help me. Sure. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid, I was an athlete. I was on the football team. I was on the wrestling team. I was on the basketball or baseball team. And I played uh, catcher for like 10 years and, and so forth. And so through my 20s and into my 30s, I was just fine. Thank you very much. But what, unfortunately, um, my family has got a kind of a congenital low back uh, problem. And so I threw my back out and, and pulled a couple of, uh, of, um, of uh, uh, discs out and had to, ended up having to have back surgery at uh, like uh, 35, 36, something like that. And then, I'm sorry, I had the back surgery and wasn't able, because I was I heard it playing basketball. Um, so I was still active at the time. and But then I had to uh, quit that and because of the back surgery. And then I, I had the back surgery. I started to heal. And by the way, if you, if you have a pain in your... Um, in your leg that's kind of in your groin and it doesn't go away um don't have a bunch of mris go to a back go to a hip doctor and he'll tell you immediately what the problem is and so i had and so he said well you know what your hip is gone so i had to then i had to turn around and have hip replacement surgery and so after that was 100 pounds and stuff because i couldn't do anything anymore um, and so consequently it's been, you know, kind of a downward spiral ever since. How would you get an old guy like me that's had, now I've had both my hips replaced I've had back surgery. I've had stomach surgery. I've had elbow surgery. I've had, um, um, my rotator cuff had to be surgically repaired. How would you get my sorry ass back into shape? <sighs> wow. <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> I want to preface this. I want to preface this like that. I, I don't think I'm challenged in the way that I would help, but I'm a little bit challenged in how how open I can be and how vulnerable you're willing to be. <laughs> well, let let me just say that you would be the first one that that, that made me vulnerable at all at the same time. <laughs> I'm, I'm perfectly. And if, if and my point here is, if I can help somebody else who's my age that has gone through a similar set of of calamities in their life and they've had a bunch of surgeries and stuff and we can help them 
feel a little bit better. I'm willing to put myself on the altar of shame for for that purpose <laughs> to help those to help those people right <laughs> yeah well and also while i'm there i might as well help myself on the yeah. altar of shame yeah. so yeah. yes yeah. um this so so if i were to assess you let's say um if we were on a on a coaching call we're on a consultation call and ask what some of your goals are uh, not that you have to answer them right now but I would ask what some of your goals are, and then we would start to move in that direction because we have to start with some sort of vision, some sort of something that we're shooting for, and then start to work our way there incrementally. So obviously, since since these surgeries that you've had, your lifestyle, maybe by, maybe by default, you're a little bit more sedentary, right? And then so um, so even just by you getting up doing doing something, even if it, it like from an athlete to <clears throat> doing something small, but you might have been used to like bigger exercises, I, that that's still that's something small could still work because it builds enthusiasm and it builds momentum. And sometimes just when we have that, when we have that that small momentum, um, it's gonna help us to move forward. Also, I would look at the eating as well. The eating is gonna play a huge role, especially because we're expending less calories if we're living a sedentary lifestyle, so we're not burning as much calories, right? And then so I'd really look at the nutrition and then um, start to either do some kind of like elimination diet, meaning like what foods can we start to um, to take out and put in, uh, things like that. Um, and then I really help you from a more of a mental aspect, really start to break down a larger goal into smaller steps. Hey, this week, we're just going to focus on this and that's all. Because uh, sometimes if we can take it in by, in bite-sized pieces, it's a lot more helpful. So some form of exercise, even if you can't get up, doing some kind of bike, if you could get up, maybe doing some squats on and off the couch. Um, yeah, watching the diet a little bit. Um, <clears throat> there's uh, some exercises off of the floor, maybe if we need to, some some light core stuff, some stabilization-based exercises, just to get the the muscles to function and to move and to keep them to keep them primed and to to let them know, like, hey, we still need you. We still need you to burn some calories. Um, and I think I think just with those small steps, starting to reverse it backwards, I think would be helpful. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because there are a lot of folks that are in my position that just now see in your world, it's hard for you to, it's hard for you to, to conceptualize the fact that uh, I'm 64. I'll be, I'll be totally open with you. I'm 64. My brother passed away last year at 64. My best friend in high school passed away also last year. He was 63 um which is what i was at the time and uh we're, there are lots and lots of folks that when you get to be my age i don't know if you if you watch or listen to the uh news when they're talking about somebody that famous passed away you'd be amazed how many are my age or a little bit younger and that that, that are dying and so my executive producer said to me one day she said well you know we need to set this up so that if you die this doesn't go away 
Uh, so it's like, what do you think? Am I on the brink? And she was, well, you know, I, she was a funeral director in the past. She said, I've seen worse um, go faster. So um, I, I really, what I really need is to have someone like you who can help me. As an example, if I were to go get on the floor, I can't get up. Um, so, and because of my shoulders and my arms. And so I guess at my age, I would need a geriatric coach. Is there such a thing as an, <laughs> as an old person, uh, health and wellness coach, if you want, the I mean, job, you can have it the, based off of their experience. I mean, there definitely can be somebody who specializes in people who, um, <clears throat> who fall under the geriatric population, probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's, we are. That's what we is. Um, and, actually, and actually, um, my very first exercise class that I taught um, was in front of a whole bunch of seniors who were like 70 and 80. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of funny. Oh, actually, uh, when I interned <clears throat> um, at the CUNY college that I went to, um, I interned in some class. It was called Adaptive Physical Education. Gosh, this was 10, 11 years ago. Uh, it was called Adaptive Physical, Physical Education. And so the students uh, were, and, um, they were handicapped in some way. Uh-huh. Some were maybe 50, 60, guys who just newly just came from the hospital. They were put into this program <clears throat> that I was a student of. They came into this program. And so the students studying exercise science were uh, putting together exercise programs for uh, these people who just recently had a stroke of some sort. Um, So they were impacted in their mobility and things like that. Many of them, if not most, were in wheelchairs. So that was challenging. I mean, going from a young guy, early 20s, and just being used to just, you know, squats and deadlifting and going heavy in the weight and all that stuff to, to somebody in a wheelchair was challenging. But it was incredible to see the change that was happening by just their effort they were putting in, you know? There was some type of cognitive, you know, recognition that, 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 um, and this awareness that they knew that the, that the, the state that they were in, and I almost kind of felt like they, like they felt like they were a burden to us, you know? Um, so how, yeah, so how, how, how crazy it was to even, They were working fairly recently, then all of a sudden in a stroke and now in this program and they, they're, they're not able to speak correctly. You know, they can't, they can't stand up and walk and such, you know, but we were able to see some massive improvement in a lot of these people. And, and it's inspiring. And so it makes me even want to say like, man, like there's just so many things in my past that I can kind of connect current things to and into the things that I've seen People have a hard time <clears throat> with with um, making a lot of excuses, but I think it goes even deeper for some people. Some people are good at justifying their excuses, and that's a whole and that's a whole different level. You know, it's like how do we get somebody from from that depth of their excuse into? Have, have you been, have you been in my house? What's the matter? <laughs> You see, no, I've just been around a lot of people. <laughs> we all, people. we all justify 
when when we've got an issue, we all justify why we have that issue and and why we can't make changes. But at at the end of the day, you you know, um, I know a guy. He's a multimillionaire. He has a life coach. Um, he has a business coach. Uh, he's got a physical coach because you can't do it yourself. You can't do all of this stuff yourself, and that's and that's why I was bringing all that up is because you find a guy like me, and I desperately need a coach either online or in person that understands my particular my my older sister, who's even worse than I am. Uh, she went to the doctor and, and uh, said, "Well, do, should I get physical therapy?" And she, and the doctor said, "Nope, don't go to one of those places because they don't know." how to treat an old person who's infirmed like you are and how to go from where she is in her infirmity to being a little bit better for her, not to try and, you know, be able to squat 300 pounds in, in six months, but just to get more mobility and stuff like that. That takes a special education as well, I would think. Yeah, there's definitely certain levels to touch on. I mean, it's the person's fitness level. It's one of the things that I do too. I, we have to mirror the person where they're at first, you know, what are their limitations? Uh, what are their limiting factors and how can we work around that to build something that that's progressive? See, and I really like the fact that you're doing stuff on zoom and, and remotely because, uh, um, the last time I walked into a gym, I walked out because everybody was so purdy. Everybody looks so purdy and so young, and and he was the fat white guy trying to go do something, and it didn't work out. So if you could do something at home, and you can get the equipment that you need at home, and get the somebody that that knows what they're doing to talk to you, um, and you can do it remotely, that makes a tremendous amount of sense to me. So I think that's a yeah. a really good business model for you to do. Yeah, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. I think people are loving it. Obviously, I think the pandemic kind of really um positioned you know online training really well you know yeah so if somebody wants to get a hold of you and they would like you to train them and it's remotely say they're from seattle like i am or back east or whenever how do they get a hold of you yeah they can follow me anywhere um at official adrian say they'll find me there my website is also official adrian they can Beautiful find website, me at, uh, official adrian yeah then, I, yeah. I was on, I was looking at that earlier. It's a beautiful website. You do a good job. Thank you, thank you. To me, it's it's a little it's a little bit outdated, man. I want to like update it because there's so many things that I can you know implement and add and stuff. So we're working on it. I have my guy working on it, but thank you though. But yeah, any right official agent say how they can find me. I just say that again slower. Official Adrian Seha. Ah. Very good. And you spell Seha as C E J A. Yes. It's it's it will confuse you. Yes. Um Adrian say Adrian has been our is is our guest today <laughs> and he is a nutrition coach. He's also a a physical coach and I sense that you're going to work your way into being a motivational coach and you're going to be speaking to a lot of large groups about um being motivated to change your life yes catch me in seattle all of you be there <laughs> <laughs> when if we when we get have a have a uh a meeting where we have a bunch of folks in a room when, when you betcha we'll have you. awesome <laughs> because, because I, i'll tell you um when you get to be when you get to be a, someone like in, in my age group you know you really have to 
uh, decide whether or not really honestly, it, you have to decide whether or not you're going to live or die. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, because, you know, you, you can live there. There are folks that live, you know, a lot longer, but especially being a guy, we don't as much. So that's, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's really great that you are, though you're working with people the way you do, there isn't a lot of folks that want to work with the older folks, um, at least mm-hmm. the, as far as I'm, I know of. So I, I need to hire someone like you. Um, but yeah, I imagine your, your uh, schedule is fairly busy. My schedule is, is uh, busy because I, because I keep it busy. So it's flexible when I want to make it flexible. And then it's free when I want to make it free. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Huh? That's good. That's cool that you can you can you have control of your own schedule, so that you you don't overburden yourself and you can have balance in your life. And and that's a whole another thing that that I think is becoming much more a um, you know uh, it's been a theme in my life lately. I think self care is also another thing that's not really talked about in the health and fitness space. And um, I'm I operate this coaching business and stuff, you know, and I have many clients who are successful business owners and, and there's this correlation or there's these themes that I see. It's like, man, like we really need to understand and really implement, um, you know, stress prevention strategies or stress management type of techniques because that impacts, that also impacts our health. And, and, and though I'm the coach and I teach this and I coach people in this, I need to take care of myself in that sense too, because I can, I'm, I'm highly ambitious and I can go, go, go. If anything, you got to keep me to, you got to stop me from working, you know, but I can keep going. But I had to implement, because I learned the hard way. I had to implement this, this routine or this rhythm in my life of like, okay, so this is work, right? And then, but you still have to have a day, or I still had to have a day where I needed to just step back and say, okay, today's going to be a rest day, recovery day. Let me do something that I can enjoy and stuff, you know, because it really does help you rejuvenate. It does. And you need to balance is a key. And, uh, and it's, it's great that, that you found that out at a young age, uh, but you're still, you know, you still work very hard at what you do. Yeah. Yeah. You're very gifted at what you do. And, and uh, I implore everybody to go to your website, which again is official Adrian or anywhere on social media, official Adrian say now, do you spend a lot of time on social media? Uh, you know, according to my metrics, when I check online, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't feel like it, but I know you. you but you, you know what, do. though, on Instagram, there's actually this setting that you can set up uh, a um, sort of like a like like an allotted time where you're able to be on the app. And I set mine for an hour a day. I mean, oftentimes I go over and way over. But at least it sort of helps me to sort of discipline my time on social media, doing less consuming and more producing and coaching. <laughs> yes. If you had your if you had your way, what type of coach would you be the most successful at? Man. I think I'd be a really good life coach, transformation coach. Because um, I've always had this thing about me where people find it easy for them to talk to me. I've always gotten that even when I was in high school for some reason. Maybe I'm understanding why now. Um, 
but I love getting deep with people. I think that it's uh, that it's powerful. But I think I truly just have that gift in me where where um, uh, because of the weakness that I had not being able to speak before when I was young, I think it's become a superpower for me now, and it's become a strength for me now because um, as a default, because I felt like I couldn't speak, I listened well, and I've always loved words and big words and how people spoke. And, and how people would transition from one point to the next or how people would make points. I was always so fascinated by it. And I think it was a default. It was a default for me because I couldn't speak. So I would listen really well. So I think that's where that kind of comes from. And then I'm able to sort of gather all that data and say, okay, here's our action step. <laughs> and it's well, and the, and the cool thing is, is that, that people, most people are interested in positive change. And, and transforming themselves from where they are to where they truly would like to be because most people are not where they think they'd like to be. And they come up with all kinds of excuses and reasons and stories as to why they're not where they want to be. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, they need somebody to say, you know what, maybe you should drop the stories and maybe we should create some new stories and some stories that benefit you, not the ones that tell yes. Create a new story, start a new chapter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because a lot, a lot of people have got stories. That uh, there's a story that I like to tell about my mother-in-law, who was adopted, and uh, she was adopted in 1932. Now that's before my time, and uh, but in 1932, a 16-year-old girl that was pregnant was ostracized and generally had to leave home and had to go to a home, and and was and it was terrible, and and she had no way of making any money, so she gave up the baby for who was my ex-wife's uh, mother. Uh, gave up the baby for adoption. Well, she spent her entire life lamenting the fact that she was adopted, saying that nobody loved her because she was adopted. She wasn't part of the family that she was adopted into because she was adopted. So she took that and rather than changed it into, I was so lucky that my 16 year old mother gave me up to be in the home. I was to have the relatives I have to have the family I've got and everything is wonderful. She took it as I'm not as good as she went to, she took it that to her grave and it was an unbelievably sad situation for her to do that because she had so much potential. And that's, yeah. that's why a coach like you is able to, to help people get rid of those stories because the story Go ahead. What I've seen is people oftentimes just need a, a, a perspective, a, a shift of perspective. Now, granted, of course, I mean, people have gone through some traumatic situations where, of course, they would need some professional help and healing and stuff, you know, but they even though, <clears throat> so then even seeing a different perspective, I think would allow them to at least open up this, this window of possibility. The window of possibility is a huge place for you to for you to put yourself because everybody has a reason why they can't. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there aren't a lot of folks that have a reason why they're going to. And it's interesting that the ones who have that ability to get through those negative things and say, this is what I'm going to do and this is what I can do and will do, like what you're doing, they tend to be successful. Right. And many people are driven by 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 negative thought patterns. And um, uh, in fact, Dr. Daniel Amen, who's a brain expert, um, he, um, he uses an acronym ANTS, automatic negative thoughts. And many people live by that. And so 
everything really is happening to them if they're not careful on their perspective or their the way that they're looking at life and stuff. They think that things are happening to them and that's why their their life is where it's at today and why it is the way it is and things like that. We really have to be able to reframe that thought pattern and and um, not always see an automatic negative thought as truth because there's a difference. There's We can't be overruled by our emotions or just by, you know, thoughts on instinct. The cool thing is, is what you'll be able to do with people is because of the combination of nutrition, diet, and uh, and also uh, physical exercise and working out and doing that, you'll be able to help them with the fourth component, which is their mental aspect of who they think they are. Because most people don't, if you, if most people, if you were to ask them to write down who they are versus who you think they are, it's going to be a completely different thing. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. most people don't believe in who they really are. Yeah. And so someone like you can help them uh, get to that point. That's why I see you taking your, your coaching business. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. That's a, that's going to be a, that's going to be a, a power packed combination. Won't it? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Because, because, you know, uh, one of the, one of the things I like to say is um, your life is empty and meaningless. And when people say, what the hell do you mean my life is empty and meaningless? Well, my response to that is, well, when you get up in the morning, your life is empty for that day until you fill it up with whatever you want to. And uh, your life is meaningless until you assign meaning to it. So assign the best meaning you can to it and fill it up with things that make you happy. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And I think it's one of the things I oftentimes will will push you know a healthy or an intentional start to your day first thing in the morning i mean um people oftentimes will just run on like autopilot it's it's they do nothing to 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 fill themselves up first i mean at least you know have a cup of water <laughs> let your di- let your digestive system you know get some kind of you know purification if you like if it needs it and stuff you know but but I think because of that, we oftentimes will find ourselves serving other people and helping other people and and not putting ourselves first. And I say that because I say it like that, because when we are, when we just by nature, we're naturally selfish people, right? We have to be intentional about, to be selfless or to serve others and et cetera. We kind of have to diet ourselves a little bit. And so, uh, so I say that because when we're well and we're, we're, we have our basic needs met, we're then able to help other people. Um, and oftentimes I have to say that to my clients who are parents who have young kids because there's this little bit of guilt in them that they're, that they're doing something for themselves, you know, it's as if they have to completely sacrifice everything about themselves, you know, and it's like, like, I get it. Like you want to be there for the kids. That's great. Um, Do that. But how much more can you give to them um, and impact them when you feel yourself up and when you're getting healthier and better and things like that? Well, you're, what you're doing is you're going to break a, uh, um, um, a generational cycle. And if you, if you decide that you're going to be healthy and you're going to take time for yourself, your kids are going to do that when they grow up too. And it's so going to, true. 
you know, it's going to change the generational cycle. So it's, it really is important. It really is important. You've got from where I sit, from your position, you have got the ability to make meaningful change in a lot of people's lives. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. No, it's, it's really is cool. It's been, it's great talking to you, by the way, we've been talking with Adrian Coho. Yeah. Soho. Soho. <laughs> Say I'm so ha. bad with last name. Say ho. Say say ha. I knew that. I will get it eventually. If it's not phonetically spelt, I have a problem. Anyway, Adrian yeah. say ha. And go to his website again, which is official Adrian say ha. Ah, that's 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 who you are. By the way, um, well, our time together is growing short, but I'd like to give you a couple of moments to be able to tell our audience anything that you would like them to know over the next couple of moments of what they're going to hear from you now or in the future. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I would really, um, if you're somebody listening, I, I would really ask you, you know, ask, can you ask yourself this question? Are you truly, um, living your life out to its truest and greatest potential and capacity. And I think that little bit of wiggle room where maybe you're not, I would do even just the little things in your day-to-day life to help you fill that gap. Because I think just with that little stuff is going to help you go um, see your life on a whole different level. And this is, I think, in any means. I mean, some people, uh, when they start to learn discipline and nutrition and things like that, I mean, other things just start to get get much more impacted their day-to-day life their discipline with their money their spending habits and stuff you know so it becomes it becomes this this whole cycle and how people are really make um making their daily life choices so that little bit of gap maybe you're kind of at 75 percent because you're just constantly tired all the time and you're stressed out sometimes the answer is not a vacation it's not you know you know, more alcohol. <laughs> it's it's oftentimes just getting on a good sleep rhythm. It's getting on a good routine. Get yourself in a routine and stuff, you know, to help see things move forward. That's oftentimes where it comes down to. Most of the times it will come down to uh, the fundamentals. You know, if the greatest athletes in the world never negated or never um, took the fundamentals for granted, why is it that we do that? Um, and it's in the most basic things. And I'll tell you, every great athlete has got a great coach. That's right. That's right. In addition, in addition to their team coach, like a Russell Wilson has a Pete Carroll as an example up in Seattle, where uh, I am. Uh, but he also has got, and I know that we can't afford to. A lot of us can't afford to do this, but he's got his own uh, cook who does his proper nutrition. He's yeah. got his own uh, motivational coach. He's got his own. Uh, wouldn't you like to have this job being a massage therapist and you only work on the one guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it must be nice. There was this article, I think that came out in Forbes. Uh, I think it might have been Forbes, um, where uh, they were talking about LeVar James and how he spent over a million dollars on just um, recovery alone. So recovery came in the form of his his nutrition, his training, his uh, all his recovery protocols and therapists and all that stuff, and a million dollars. And yeah, of course, anybody could say, oh, well, it's LeBron James. But that's not the point, though. The point is the intention, as great as he is, 
he puts all this investment into something you don't necessarily see on camera because he knows the importance of what you can do. If you can take care of yourself on the back end, you're able to perform on the front end much better. Tom Brady's another one that does that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he's got a complete out-of-your-mind regimen that he does because he wants to be – he wants to play till he's 50. Yeah. And the way he's playing right now, I, he probably can uh, <laughs> based upon what he's doing and because it, because he's he's made the decision. And a lot of it – isn't it a lot of us just need to make the decision that he decided that he's going to be the best he can be? Yeah. And And – a lot of us are kind of waffling and oh i don't know that sure seems hard and well if you want to make it easier go find somebody like adrian who can help you uh make it a little bit easier for you and by the way you've you've got an engaging smile a great personality i think you'll be great to work with Um, thank you i appreciate it thanks thanks for having me on the show you're making me want to go back to seattle (laughs) hey it's only it's 42 degrees up here so come on down uh maybe i'll wait till next season (laughs) (laughs) wait till next summer uh adrian thank you so much for being on the show it's been a pleasure having you here i look forward to having you back i'd like to follow your career see where you go yeah thank you so much for having me i appreciate it i think that you've got an amazing i wish i was 32 again damn it uh you've got an amazing career ahead of yourself Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And hopefully we get to circle back and I get to come back on the show and I get to give you an update. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, and I'll try and give you one too. Man, uh, you know, there you how, go. how good I'm doing too. So stay right there. I'll be right back. Sure. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.